This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Geekade. Now on with the show. Warning. The following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. I was working hard at a New York job, making dough, but it made me blue. One day I was crying a lot, and so I decided to move to West Covina, California. Brand new pals and new career. It happens to be where Josh lives, but that's not why I'm here. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. This is episode 189 for the week of December 19th, 2019. I'm Karen Randazzo, and for some crazy reason, the guys decided I should host the crazy show this week. (laughs) Uh, Joining me, as always, is my little drummer boy, Chris Randazzo. Where's the bathroom? And a partridge in a pear tree, Evan Goldstein. Adulting sucks around Christmas. As is traditional on this podcast in December, we have taken to choosing holiday episodes of TV. This week was my pick, and I chose Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Season 1, Episode 10, My Mom, Greg's Mom, and Josh's Sweet Dance Moves. But before we go any further, here's your weekly reminder that you can email us at mail at geekade.com. Just include the words, this week's episode, in the subject line, and you can let us know what you think of the show what shows or episodes you want us to discuss in the future, or just say hi. We always want to hear from you, the listener. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. (laughs) This is going well. Well done. Uh, You got that right. You stop. (laughs) Just for that. Evan, how are you doing? (laughs) Very well. How has your week been? Um... So my week started with binge watching all of the Crisis episodes oh, that were available. Oh boy! Exciting. I watched the the intro thing where they showed um like four seconds of the Titans and the the Batman eighty nine thing, and then uh, uh Bart Ward saying "Holy Red Cloud" or whatever. That was that "Holy was Crimson Sky of Death." <laughs> it was wonderful. I actually stopped watching walked out of the living room to the office and looked at Angela like, this is what just happened. <laughs> so how is it? Um, so the story is good. Um, uh-huh. The main plot line, you know, the, 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 the crisis itself. But then they have this weird subplot sure. going on about bringing somebody back from the dead. And, I was, and I'm like, this is, this is an unnecessary plot. I don't know why, but um, it is because there's no kill like overkill. Yeah, you really. It's very, very true. Um, the amount of Easter eggs in this it's it's a it's it's like as it's if they made teeming. it just for me. It's teeming with Easter eggs. Shocking lack of Easter bunnies, though. Yeah, not not a single Easter bunny, not not one. Huge disappointment. Zero out of ten. Would not recommend. <laughs> I actually in the I'm pretty sure I put it in the news. I I listed the yeah there it is. Hold on, insider.com. So the the cameos that I had seen already, um, 
Wow, there's a there's a bunch of them. So they they had uh, Burt Ward, like you mentioned. Um, so the Ray showed up. Titan showed up. The the, the Hawk was is Hawk? Yeah, it's Hawk from the Titans yeah. showed up. I saw uh, that. Um, Burt Robin, uh, <laughs> a Star Trek: The Next Generation cameo. Will Wheaton. Um, the Tick. Griffin Newman, the guy who plays Moth, or or no? Oh, okay. uh, Arthur. Arthur, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Conroy, of course. Mm. Who did... were the? Who were like they weren't? No, just you know, he wasn't Wesley Crusher, right? No, he, he was, was. He was just, just a weird guy screaming about the the world coming to an end. Okay, and same with the the guy who played Arthur, right? He was, yes, he wasn't playing Arthur. He no, was just but that. it wasn't the, a multi no universe crossover. Well, but it was a multi universe. What, what I liked about it was that every time they bounced to a different world, they kept like they would put Earth like it was Earth sixty six for Burt Ward because it was Batman sixty six. Hmm. Um, it was Earth eighty nine for Batman eighty nine. Yes, and they were playing the theme in the background, which yes. was like because I wouldn't have recognized that guy like straight off the bat. You know, his, once he spoke, that that made it a little stickier. I was like, oh yeah, yeah that guy. That but guy. like, <laughs> if they was, weren't playing the nineteen eighty nine Batman theme in the background, I probably wouldn't have got it. But it would still... have been better if they were playing some some of the Prince music from the eighty nine soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> like, just you know, crank the party, man. I mean. <laughs> Get this going. Oh my god, that would have been so that. great. That would have been fantastic. Um, <laughs> what was weird about that scene though is that they flashed the bat signal and it was like not the Batman eighty nine bat signal. I didn't even notice it because my my brain just sort of fogged over trying to comprehend. I know that guy. Who is that guy? Wait, <laughs> is that that guy? And. I feel like it was supposed to be like a Batman Beyond iteration of the bat symbol because, you know, it was so much later. Like, it clearly wasn't 1989. Like, that movie sort of took place in. That movie's a weird <laughs> yeah. timeline, right? You know, it, like, it looks like it's happening in, like, the 1940s or the 20s, but it's uh, it's it's not. It, no. It's, Far from it. It is not. <laughs> I never really tried to actively place where that movie takes place, but uh Well, it's in Tim Burton's mind. That's true. <laughs> That's where it takes place. And not a hell in a bottom carter in sight. Not one. Um so of course I got my Smallville dose, because both Tom Welling and Erica Durance showed up as their respective Clark and Lois. Um Brandon Roth played Superman and Clark Kent from Earth 96. Nice. Uh, Jonah Hex showed up. The 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 for me the deepest pull was Helena Kyle, which is the Huntress from that like show that was on for like four episodes. The Birds of Prey show. Birds of Prey. Holy crow. I mean, I guess those people aren't doing much these days, but wow. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Way to even remember that was a show. Why do I know that? I don't know. John Wesley Shipp showed up in the fuzzy Flash costume. Yay. Uh, there was a, an actor from Supernatural, the 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 the, the Orsic Chow. Osric Chow, Osric yeah. Chow, he showed up, and he was playing um, Ryan Choi, who, if I'm not mistaken, is the Adam. 
but I'm not 110 on that one in another iteration. Um, Lobo's Jim Corrigan. I don't, Stephen Lobo. I don't know who Stephen Lobo is. I feel like he is a mystical character from DC, but I'm going to get more when they, when they play the next two episodes. Um, but my favorite cameo of all was from Earth 666, where <laughs> Lucifer Morningstar showed up. <laughs> I did hear about that. I had no idea that was coming either. I, I saw that clip online. I'm like, whoa, really? <laughs> and like watching him interact with um, Constantine was pretty rad. But on top of that, that they did an Easter egg within that Easter egg because that world allegedly is the Watchmen world. Oh. <laughs> oh, really? So when they when they first, you know, when they hit the Earths, it'll say, you know, Earth 666, and they show, like, a, a wide shot, and it is Lucifer's Club, but there's a billboard for the Watchmen show. Oh, really? Yeah, with that Didn't weird even sort of spy that. That's thing. great. Uh, and someone, like, on Twitter caught it, and, like, it's like, is this the thing? And, like, finally, someone saw it. It was really... Like this is, this is fan service to the max, and I am so pleased with it that it's giving me the ability to look past the shitty subplot. <laughs> like I don't. Yeah, uh, it's been my experience in the past that those crossovers just try to do too much. Like you can't give everyone a story. Right, and they are they are trying. To, uh, I mean, by now, um, it's it's going to be a bit, but like, we all know that certain characters are supposed to die. We've been preparing for these characters to die for multiple episodes, and some of them died. Okay, we're all right. No, we apparently we're not all right. We have to fix them dying. That's no. We Yikes. stop it. <laughs> Settle stop down. It. But. All in all, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm not going to say it's great. Like, <laughs> it's not the best TV, but it is the best comic book TV I've seen in a while. How's that? Sounds like a lot of fun. We were looking forward to uh, to watching them all when the January episodes are have aired. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the the pain in the ass right now. Like, it's a while. Did you see the other uh, non-crisis related but CW related news in our feed this week? I did. That's pretty neat. I thought that was a really good trailer for Stargirl. Stargirl. Oh, that's not even what I Ooh. meant, but you're right. There's that, too. Which, what are you, which one are you talking about? Oh, the Supergirl cast um, the character whose name I can't say. Tom Lennon cast as Mr. Oh, yeah. Mixius Pidlick. Mr. Mr. Plick. Yeah. Yes. It's Mixius Pidlick. Mixius Pidlick. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Yes. They very specifically taught me how to pronounce it on the uh, the Superman animated series when Gilbert Gottfried played the character. <laughs> One of Superman the best kept screwing it up. <laughs> and, yeah, it was a great iteration of it. And he like went he went syllable syllable by syllable of mix yes pid lick. <laughs> I feel like that character showed up on that show already. Yeah, he's. I think the headline said that he had been recast. Okay. Which, you know, it's fine. It's freaking Mixie's yeah. Pidlick. He's he a magical character. He can be whoever he wants. Yeah. The, the I do have a vague memory of that character having shown up before. I feel like he was trying to yeah, hit on too. Supergirl. 
Yes, uh, that rings a vague bell too. Like, like he was singing. I feel like there was singing involved. I'm not 100. percent That show is weird sometimes. Was but he the no? It was Music two, Master episode 13? Mr. Mixie's Pidlick showed up. I was feel like that, he just like saying his name over and over again. Well, he does like the show off. That's true. So was that the musical episode? No. Uh, let's see. I, th- yep. There's oh, music. That- so, but he was Music Master. In, but he was Mr. Mixus Pidlick in disguise. Yes. As music master. It's all coming back. I guess there's some sort of musical. I don't know. He's fighting a, what's his name? Um, other L guy. What the heck was his name? Monel? Monel, yeah. And now he's in his underwear and now he's back. And he's like super hitting on Kara. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's the guy hitting. from, uh, what's it? Um, Glee. Yeah, okay. Another, oh, that's right, ugly. because that was, and Flash showed up in that and episode. And Flash was ugly. There was a, like a, you know, double crossover. Two now I'm not crossover. seeing any more singing, so maybe it wasn't actually. I feel like the Flash episode was more of the singing. Yeah. Hmm. I don't, anyway, I don't that remember. happened. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I like, to, I, I feel like introducing Tom Lennon into anything makes that thing better. Yes, more Tom Lennon, more Gooder. Yeah, and he's he's just a wonderful choice for that character. Yes, such a great choice. Yeah, absolutely. What he was just in? Oh, um, the boys, right? Oh. Was it the boys? God, he I was don't in know. that too? We no, only wait. still have only seen the first episode, so no. I'm sorry, I am incorrect. That it wasn't the boys. He showed up in Lethal Weapon television show oh, as Lord. Leo Getz. Oh God, that's right. I feel that's like I remember right, hearing yeah. that. If yeah. not saying it. Yes, I remember that one. And that with that's a good cast thing too. Like he it is. pull that off. It is. So yeah. I feel like Tom Lennon is the uh comedy Joe Pesci of today. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, speaking of, did I did, last time we spoke, did had I watched that um the movies that made us show yes. yet? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because they Apparently Joe Pesci was pissed off at the fact that he had to—he was not allowed to curse. Mm. <laughs> that just—that like it didn't even dawn on me. And then they keep showing like clip after clip, like he fought it tooth and <laughs> he did a lot of that in that movie, as opposed <laughs> to cursing. Ah, <laughs> good times. But yeah, that's what I—I I, I, uh, I watched that, and for some reason fell down a. Um, flight of stairs no it's terrible i'm yeah, so it's sorry. horrible horrible um not goldberg's that the schooled the new version of the goldberg's i watched a bunch of episodes of that <laughs> i don't know why it's whatever makes you feel better yeah it, this is all about the 90s and there is a, a star wars episode where it's star wars for the the fandom of star wars versus the fandom of baseball that i feel chris you should watch because of coach the so you have you seen goldberg's uh yeah i I didn't particularly care for it okay so the coach like he he, he's in this show as well and there's a whole episode about when because the show takes place in the 90s the phantom phantom menace that was the first one right Mm -hmm. the phantom menace comes out and how that was life-changing because 16 years and blah 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 and they take the coach to see it because they're trying to explain how big of a deal it is and he 
he just tears it apart. And then in countering that, some guy tears apart baseball. So <laughs> just to watch his world melt, it was it it was impressive. It was a very well done argument. And they were talking about the Trade Federation a lot, or the the the, the not fighting parts of the movie. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's something I can ignore. <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars, uh, are you Chris, have you been watching anything besides Star Wars? I have, as a matter of fact, uh, not a lot, but I have been spending a little bit of time with some some non Star Wars material uh, in my day to day life. But I do uh, before I get to it, I will dive into Star Wars if it's okay with you. Can I stop you? Well, I mean, would you rather me get it out of the way? No, or... Go ahead, go ahead. Let's give the people what they want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mentioned last week that I started watching Star Wars Resistance, um, and that it was very much a, it was a far more childish show, and it wasn't really hooking me. Mm-hmm. Um, it did get more interesting. I then found out that the show was both renewed, no, sorry, the, bo- the show was both uh, canceled and shown its season two trailer on the same day. Uh, so it's like, hey, check this out. Wait, was Star it, Wars was it Resistance canceled? coming back. Like after season two, like this is its final season or season two is its final season. Okay. So like it was after before season two started airing at D23, they showed off the new new trailer for resistance and they were like, and it's canceled. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, which I, I'm not surprised. I looked into the show's ratings and they're pretty low. Uh, and, you know, it, it's it still has the same problems, but it did start to get kind of interesting. Like it started to show um like kind of how the first order went from being this kind of smaller fringe group into the powerhouse that it became. It started showing a little bit of the science behind how they created Starkiller Base. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Oscar Oscar Isaac's plays Poe Dameron on the show a bunch of times, and he's just having a ball every time he's on the show. Like it just seems like he's having so much fun and. So the few episodes that have him in it are are really cool, um, and they did this run really interesting heel turn. There's um, so it's a, a show about a bunch of mechanics essentially, <laughs> and the main character is secretly a spy. He was recruited by Poe, uh, and then sent to this uh, basically like this floating base or whatever with like a bunch of mechanics, and it's like a little like a space colony more or less that's just kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, and so he, uh, the, the group of mechanics is run by somebody else who is a spy for the resistance. And so he sticks this guy, Kaz with, uh, who's the show's main character with this mechanic, but none of the rest of their crew knows that these two are, are spies. They just think that they're mechanics working for this mechanic guy. So as the show goes on, um, toward the season finale, there's this girl, um, uh, it's this, you know, kind of stereotypical sassy black girl uh you know young girl a mechanic uh who they don't really pay much attention to in the show she's just like this background character but the few times that she shows up she's like she's always not really about making waves especially with the first order because you know eventually the first order kind of occupies this this station where everyone is and and you know people are like well what are these people doing here there's you know, stepping on our freedoms. And she's just like, I don't know, man, they don't cause me any problems. They're just trying to make the, you know, the galaxy peaceful and whatnot, but they don't really pay this girl all that much attention throughout the season. And then like when they 
do the whole uh, Starkiller base thing happens from like they're about to jump into the events of uh, the Force Awakens. The this girl uh, they they find out that uh, Kaz and their boss guy are spies for the resistance and this girl decides to just leave them and join the first order and like well she's always portrayed as not really having a problem with the first order she's always portrayed as a very good person and so it was kind of surprising to have a have that perspective of somebody going over to the first order because they just kind of believe in going with the flow and also because she doesn't trust the resistance because they've been lying to her for a long time so that was kind of a neat little twist there that I didn't see coming. I didn't, you know, give the show enough credit to to do something like that. So I was kind of impressed by it. But I don't even know if I'm going to finish watching it, really. I mean, I got through season one, and there's a handful of season two. It's been canceled. They say it's going to end, but I don't necessarily buy it. So <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. It's not. It's certainly not bad. It's not as bad as I kind of ragged on it last week for. Um but it is definitely more childish than the other cartoons that I'm able to suspend my, you know, uh, my ability to be around childish stuff. If something is that good around it, you know, right. like we enjoy watching she with the kids, <clears throat> which is very childish, but it also throws some non-childish things in there to kind of, it, it, it has, it makes, yeah, it has substance and it makes it more well-rounded. This show does definitely have substance. I, I won't take that away from it, but it, it feels the characters just feel so much more childish, particularly Kaz and his his friend on the show, who's like a cross between um, Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy and um, Data from <laughs> Next Generation. Oh. So he's like this really kind and naive Drax type character. So he's not strong, but he's just like this dude who takes everything extremely literally. <laughs> And it's it doesn't it doesn't work. It just it's not funny like it is in Guardians because he's just like this really nerdy, nice guy who always like is always misunderstanding things. And oh, it's just hilarious. But it's not. So one or two times that that that, that hits because they have a character like that in Supergirl. Like, uh, oh, Brainy. Brainy. Yeah. Yeah. No, this. No, I'm not. I don't like Brainy at all, but he's way better delivered than I think this guy. is. Okay. I can't even remember his name. Outside of that, uh, that's pretty most of that's pretty much most of what I actually watched. The only other thing that I spent time on that I should not have oh. was, the, was the Game Awards. Oh. Oh, okay. Oof. <clears throat> I think uh, Karen caught a little bit of it while I was staying up because I was just under the impression that they were going to show off something cool. Mm. Um, they uh, Karen caught when uh, I think when Green Day performed. Green yeah. Day is still a band. Yeah. Wow. And they played a bunch of music for a while and it had nothing to do with, with video anything. games. Anything. <laughs> not just video games, anything. Yeah, nothing. And and that's this whole show is just gross. It's it's all cuz you remember when they were so Karen walked into the room at, not too long after I had turned it on. And they're just rapid fire giving out the awards. Like it's just and not just presenting the awards, but there was a the guy was like in a balcony <laughs> on the side of the auditorium behind him. You can see the audience and they're all facing a stage and he's like on the side of them. So yeah, like they're not even looking at him. They're looking at a stage <laughs> that nothing is happening on, except I presume there's a big screen up there showing what we're seeing. And it he's just saying like, 
here's the category. Here are the nominees. The winner is this. And that's it. No, like, and the then immediately people moving who won on to the next were not one. there. There wow. was no speeches. There was no trophy. There was nothing. It was just an announcement of things. Now, there were several categories where they did do the typical thing where somebody goes up on the stage and announces the nominees and then the winner comes up and makes an acceptance speech. But that was not the norm. Most of the show is dedicated to just being a series of commercials. Advertising, I mean, yeah. there was like a 15 minute Stadia ad. Like, I don't know if it was actually 15 minutes, but it felt like it was 15 minutes. And it was not just a commercial. It kept going. And it's, I don't what know if you've Stadia? seen. It's um, Google Stadia. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. like, okay, got it. I yeah. remember. I'm sure you've seen ads for it because they're <clears throat> everywhere. And it's just like, they're being overtly weird and stadio looks awful and has no games and i don't get it and they were plugging the crap out of it and you know people tune into this because for years they've been showing off important game trailers like the people that their companies have been using the game awards as a platform to show off their fancy new games mm-hmm. But that was kind of because the, the the people that were running the Game Awards were chasing after those things, saying, I want you to do a reveal on our show so that people will watch it. But with the with the changes that the entire industry has gone through, we're like, it's way more effective to just throw something up on YouTube, like doing a Nintendo director or whatever. Like that takes way less effort and it's a hundred percent their stuff. So well, and it's also the trailers it, were kind of weak. But there isn't were, that also in line with the the audience? Like the audience, I would think that the the audience for the gaming award or the gaming community are more inclined to be sitting in front of a computer and checking out videos and trailers and and releases than sitting down to watch a Oscars like. Well, I mean, this is this this was presented on Twitch and all that stuff, and I I, well, like, okay, so for me personally, I would have been far more interested in this if this wasn't trying to be the MTV Awards. You know, this is trying really hard to be cool to the point of not really being much about awarding games. Like, there's a handful of the, the the people who made the games there. Uh, there was a really great bit toward the beginning where um, the Untitled Goose uh, came out. There was um, a Muppets gag with a Beaker and Honeydew um, making like an Untitled Beaker game or something. It was <laughs> it was really cool. So I, I definitely dug that. But it, it's so not focused on actually honoring what was good about the game industry, and you could tell from even the nominees and the categories that. It, this was a very limited scope. Like I do the Waveback Awards, mm-hmm. and I spend an obscene amount of time listening to pretty much every game soundtrack to every game released in a given year. It is hours upon hours upon hours of listening to different video game songs, and it's just me doing it. But I give everything a, sh- a fair shake. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do game awards, you have to have a panel of people who are going to actually play everything that's up for nomination. Actually give it a shot, you know? Um, And I don't feel like that happened with this, especially in categories like game music that was just brushed off as almost nothing. And 
honestly, the, the, the nominees weren't really what I would consider. And they certainly aren't in line with anything that I've come across the, so far this year. Um, the whole thing is kind of disgusting and it makes me sad because I would like very much for the game awards to be something more like the Oscars or the Emmys or something that is a a, a truly respectable award. But I just feel like it just got to this gross point where people are watching it because they're expecting some sort of big new game reveal. And most of the reveals this year were kind of weak. Um, you know, they showed off some DLC for Marvel ultimate Alliance, which was a bunch of X-Men stuff, which was cool. Um, outside of that, like they showed some new gameplay of ghost to ghost of Tsushima, which I'm sure Dan was excited about. But again, it just wasn't, it wasn't this big, interesting thing that it should have been. And, by the time it was over, I mean, I was staying up anyway, you know, stamping Christmas cards and stuff. Cause you know, I don't know. I wanted, I wanted to have any excuse to stay up and watch it just because I want to be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm talking about it and it, it ended and the whole thing just kind of made me ill. It oh. just, that's a shame. Thumbs down. I'm not, I'm not going to bother even trying to watch it next time. Bummer, man. Quite. What about you, Karen? Oh, Lord. Um, uh, yeah, tis the holiday season. Chris was stamping our Christmas cards because I was too busy working, <laughs> fulfilling holiday orders with my stitching. So I haven't had a ton of time. I have been continuing with my uh, holiday episodes of all the various shows the I randos. like. Yeah, so this is the last full week of work before Christmas hits. And so I was saving my Doctor Who's for this week to get me through. And I started watching them with an eye to um, which ones could I show the kids? Because <laughs> the kids have seen a little bit of Doctor Who, not a lot. I think they're both interested to a degree, but even though Doctor Who is a kid's show, our kids are a little bit too young for a lot of Doctor Who. Not necessarily in scariness, but being able to follow it and mm-hmm. like be interested in it. But the Christmas episodes, I feel like, are kind of a special animal. So, uh, so I you know, start at the beginning. And Christmas Invasion <laughs> is one of my favorites. When you um, say the beginning, do you mean the, the beginning be- of the Christmas episodes? When did the Christmas episodes start? Season two, the first episode of season two was the of first New Christmas Who. episode. Of New She's Who. not going back to the old stuff. I didn't, yes. Okay. They didn't do Christmas specials back in the day. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was the premiere of David Tennant. Great, great episode. Um, but I just think the, uh, the bad guys, which are the, hang on, I'll, I'll think of it. The Sycorax. Sycorax. Uh, the Sycorax are a great villain, but they are too scary. They're just too scary looking. Yeah, they would gross them out. That's a good point. And then the next one was the uh, Runaway Bride, which was the first uh, Donna Noble episode. I remember that one. Uh, Again, great episode. Ragnos, too scary. Um, So I'm running into this problem a lot. I haven't hit one yet that I think that they will um, will benefit from um, and enjoy. Although I think when I get to the Matt Smith area, that's where it's going to hit. I think the... The Christmas Carol with the, I was just thinking that the shark. The, yeah, the Christmas Carol one that would probably go over really. Shark well with isn't them. too scary, and Matt Smith is very silly, and there's a little kid in it. 
And then the next year after that is the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe, where they go into, the, like, the Narnia land, and there is the, the tree creatures and the the goofy and, soldiers. And they do have some experience with the Christmas Carol story now. They've yeah. seen a couple of different iterations, yeah. iterations of it. So, so I, feel like, I feel like the Matt Smith era is where it's at for showing my kids, introducing my kids to the concept of a Doctor Who Christmas story. Which I'm quite looking forward to. We've we've done a few others. We did Frosty tonight, which was, which was a hit. Yeah, and, I, uh, I, I was curious because I know you guys were were running through. Um, we talked about Rudolph last week, right? No, no. no you, yeah. You, the um, why can't I remember the names? Rankin and Bass. Rankin and Bass. Thank you. Yeah. Because we showed them Rudolph over? last week, and Rudolph went over great to the extent that Ellie wants a. A costume of the abominable stone. Yeah, yes. <laughs> back back that truck up because so uh, we watched it late last week. Um, <clears throat> then over the weekend, the kids decided to write. Well, I decided that they were going to write their letters to Santa. Um, our son is six. He wrote his himself, but he hates writing, so he asked for like three things. <laughs> um, our daughter car, is three, boat, so I I, <laughs> I took one for the team and wrote and and dick and took dictation for her. She did and sign her, it, though. I saw that. She wrote the E. Okay. <laughs> She's learning how to write the first letter of her name. Okay. Which is pretty cool for three. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> it was an insane list. And she came up with things like a shark crayon. I, w- I was trying to decode it because, you know, that list goes out there. And it's helpful, especially for someone who has no idea what to buy a child. And I said, shark crayon. Hmm. Is that in reference <laughs> to something specific like the baby shark? Is there a line of crayons for And then I saw cake. <laughs> yes, this is the second year running that she's asked for a cake. Um cuz she doesn't quite get what Santa is. So that that junk I went, "Oh, she's just a kid. She's just writing things down that she wants. They exactly. don't have to be real or Christmas related." Got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So one of the items on the list was a stomping monster bigger than mommy and daddy. Yes. No idea what that was. A couple days later, you know, I just like brush it off. I don't get them every single thing on their list because if you get them every single thing next year, they ask for twice as much. Yep. Like that's how it works. Uh, so <laughs> a couple days later, she's talking about the monster from Rudolph and she's like, yeah, the this big snowman monster. I like him. I want a costume of him. I'm like, that's what that is. She wants a Bumble costume. Sure as shit, I go on the internet today, and I'll be damned if you can't buy a Bumble costume for a three-year-old. And so I fucking did, guys. Because nice. I'm a great mom. <laughs> Bumble. God, that stuff is great. Next year, you dress up as Yukon Cornelius Christ. And <laughs> well, you got the beard. Uh, uh, I'm game. <laughs> nice. So, so the were... Rankin and Bass went off over well. So far, so good. Yeah, yeah we watched Rudolph been, and we yeah. watched Frosty. Uh, I Rudolph mean, has, yeah, that's the land of misfit toys. Misfit yeah. toys. Nice. That's Bumble. That's Yukon Cornelius. That's and okay. Please don't at me. I don't think I had ever seen uh, Rudolph before. Like. At least not in full. Really? Okay. I had no idea how much of the movie Elf is visually based on oh, yeah. the Rudolph. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. 
<laughs> the freaking elf outfits are exactly the same. The characters in the Winter Wonderland are the same. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Narwhal. Wait, no. Mr. Narwhal was not. <laughs> yes, they, they, they lifted that directly from Rankin and Orbass, so. They sure did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, that's what I've been watching this week. Nice. So, uh, you guys want to take a break and then come back and talk about a Christmas episode? I do, but real quick beforehand, oh, I it just a general PSA that was brought to my attention that Symbionic Titan is on Netflix now. Symbionic okay. Titan, Titan was a show that was tragically canceled before it got truly off the ground, but it's from uh, Gendy Tartakovsky. Oh, uh, and it's ridiculously good. It's very weird. It's probably his weirdest show. But it's got like touches of Voltron in it, and it's it's great. And I'm really looking forward to watching it again now that it's on Netflix because I'm totally going to. Oh, That's all. I Symbionic have, Titan. If you've never seen it, see it, and then be sad with the rest of us that it got canceled. I do have one question to ask. Oh. Um, this group specifically, when and I'll talk to Angela about this as well. I feel that if we join our forces when legends of the hidden temple comes back we should all <laughs> attempt to get on it oh boy <laughs> i mean sure let's do it why not they are in a real jungle apparently i feel like a lot of 30 and 40 somethings are about to be in a lot of pain <laughs> yeah and i'm already in a lot of pain <laughs> I, I when you posted yeah karen you posted that one i was like wait didn't we talk this is actually happening <laughs> And they're doing it for yeah. adults. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, good for anyone who actually really wants to do that. I hope you have fun. I will have fun watching you. I don't think that if it is what I think it's going to be, that like any real people are going to be very good What's at the, it. Was that a, a, you, that show that you guys... Um, American Ninja, Ninja Warrior. Warrior. American Ninja Warrior meets Legends of, of the Hidden Temple. I like it. I could I could see that. Okay, so let me get this straight. You just accidentally called Legends of the Hidden Temple Legends of Tomorrow, but you won't actually call Legends of Tomorrow Legends of Tomorrow. Correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Nope. Phenomenal. Yay. All right. All right. <laughs> that, well, <laughs> we'll see you all in a minute. Right back here. Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Hey guys, Vestlord Dean DeFalco here to tell you that we have a Twitch. Uh, yeah, Geekade has a Twitch, and we are streaming at least once a week. Uh, every Thursday, we are on from 6 to 11. That's five solid hours of me failing at whatever game is uh, going on that week. You want to see me cry? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me achieve a massive victory? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me eat food? Mukbang right there. Twitch.tv 
slash Geekade. Guys, check it out. It's a lot of fun. We got emoticons. Uh, we got sub badges. We got all sorts of stuff going on over there. And if you just want to pop in, say hi, give us a follow. You know we really do appreciate it. Trying to uh, spread the love. Trying to spread Vestlore Global to a house near you. Maybe even your house. So guys, pop in, say hello, and we'll catch you next time on twitch.tv slash geekade. See you then, guys. Stay Vestly. Keep playing games. Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, Geekade is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. And we're back. Uh, Before we get into our main topic, uh, I just want to give a little quick summary for those of you who didn't do your homework. Don't worry, I'm not your teacher. I'm not your mom. I'm not mad. (laughs) You're not my real mom. But just in case you've never seen the show and or didn't watch the episode, don't know what it's about, let me tell you, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is about a young woman with some mental health issues, uh, has a chance encounter with a former summer camp boyfriend, and decides to just chuck out her successful law career in New York and move across the country to be near him. Uh, in this episode, uh, it's midway through the first season, it's the holiday time, uh, the lead, Rebecca, has her judgmental Jewish mother in visiting for Hanukkah for the first time since she moved. Um, her crush, Josh, uh, who has peaked in high school, is confronted with the realities of adulthood. And their friend Greg uh, takes a new friend to his estranged mother's for a holiday dinner because he believes she's kind of a monster and he wants a witness. Uh, and that is where the episode takes off. So, guys... How'd you like it? I liked it. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. I like this show. I, I think it's. I think it's very funny. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's her mom will always be Diane Melnick to me. Yeah, her character she is. On, uh, yeah, Law and Order. Law and Order. Yeah. Go figure. Die me, Hard. Loving Law and Order, but I, I, I. So it's always interesting to me to see her in different roles. Um, but I mean, I thought that I thought it was pretty funny. It wasn't. It wasn't the best episode of this show I've ever seen. It didn't leave. It didn't leave as much of an impression on me as because I, I haven't seen a ton of episodes of this mm-hmm. show, but I've seen some things that have really made me laugh on this show before. Um, but uh, yeah, as as a Christmas episode. Um, I thought the the where's the bathroom song was just like oh my god I want to punch this woman it's so bad just <laughs> <laughs> clearly the intent but yes man they did they made god they made her so so hateable and then kind of tied it together in the end with the whole uh, you know I don't hate you I love you and I just wait, wait, wait. show it because I'm I just show it in the worst way humanly possible. I, you, I want you to be strong for when oh the stop no did she the Cossacks come the Cossacks come <laughs> <laughs> Yeah the where's the bathroom is just an absolutely pitch perfect number it's one of the like top rated songs from the entire run of the show um four seasons and like over 100 songs yeah, and that's they, I, one I of forgot the best. how much music. Like, I haven't watched this show in a while. I've seen a bunch of these episodes, and I forgot how much 
music is actually in it and yeah. how it just comes out of freaking nowhere. <laughs> it is it is a definitely a musical. Yeah. For sure. But with how how horrible her mother is, Paula is my favorite character in this God, I show. I love Paula. Like she is like just the things that she says and how she how she delivers them, like she, she is great. Just this the 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 sensibility, I guess, mm-hmm. that comes out of her all of the time. And then the quick left turn to becoming the English Jew for the mo- like she was diving into that role and it was it was well done it was very funny it is unfortunate that there really wasn't much for um, Donna Lynn Champlin to sing in this episode because she is a legit Broadway performer and she can belt yeah, um, I remember but- that yeah but she's a she's also an outstanding character actor, so and that that was definitely showcased here. And Josh Chan's sick dance, dance moves. Sweet dance moves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt like that was probably the weakest plot. Um but still I felt like that all three plots kind of fell along the same theme of like just kind of dealing with things as an adult kind of for the first time. Mm. Like, you know, the the confrontation with the the two other plots both had to do with confrontation with your mother and like a, a different different types of relationships. The yeah, and they were opposing relationships. Like they were right. complete opposite. Like Greg was horrible. <laughs> he was a douchebag. <laughs> At some point, I would like to go back and rewatch this with the foreknowledge that eventually it's revealed that Greg is an alcoholic and see how much that is foreshadowed. <laughs> Ooh. That's a good point. I forgot about that. And didn't they switch Greg's? Yes. Okay. Greg was in, like, I believe season one, season two, and then he left the show, and then they brought him back for season four, but the actor wasn't available, so they just switched actors. Hmm. <laughs> it's a different Greg. <laughs> yes. they. I mean, they wrote it pretty clever. It was, he, it was, they explained it as, like, you know, she's seeing him in, as a different person oh, because he's changed so much and it's been a while since she saw him. Uh, didn't he clean up his act or something? Like, yeah, he yeah. stopped drinking. He went to, back to school. Yes, I remember that. Well, that's pretty clever. Yeah. And he got to be portrayed by Skylar Aston, who I love and who's an equally excellent singer to Santino Fontana. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was fun. And it was a it was a good way to do that. Yeah, this I my only regret about picking this episode for you guys is it is not the most laugh out loud funny episode of this show that has ever been. Well, um, see, like a- Angela and I watched it, and she at, at right at the end she's like, "I enjoyed that." Probably never going to watch another episode. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, if I was trying to get somebody hooked on this show, I definitely wouldn't pitch this one. Yeah, no, this isn't the show at its best, but it is a Christmas episode. Yeah, yes. I mean, that was the criteria yeah. here. Yeah, no, no, and and for what it was, it did have its moments. It, it there were some, all of the interactions with her, um, I, not it's not her boss, her client, uh-huh. whoever that guy is, Calvin. Yes, I liked it. just his. Squirminess most of the time mm-hmm. just made me laugh. Yeah, he's pretty great. He's not he's not a huge part of the show, but uh, it was fun to go back and see him. So, yeah. I kind of like this uh, this episode. I just I liked 
being able to pick something a lot of I feel like a lot of Christmas episodes are like not that being heartwarming is a bad thing <laughs> but a lot of them are heartwarming a lot of them are about family or kids or like what Christmas is all about and this one is kind of more for people who like don't have their shit together or just like you know there's a lot of people out there f- for whom uh the holidays are not happy yeah. and this is an episode for them you can actually see as like their because the the mother daughter relationship and the mother son relationships like they they are polar opposites of each other so there's if you have that sort of problem in your life one of mm-hmm. those two storylines is going to touch on it is for you yeah and exactly that was a really neat aspect it wasn't just concentrating on the one side of how like greg being horrible and then at the end having that realization like you know what you're right i was a dick i'm sorry and her and rebecca i don't know becoming strong enough to stand up to her mother like it it's not not your normal holiday heartwarming Right, but it was still pretty heartwarming, kind of. It was. Like, I liked that all the plots didn't work out the way, like, a, you know, a sitcom holiday special would have necessarily been, where it was like, and everybody just got along and lived happily ever after. It was more like, no, everybody dealt with their shit it and wasn't then a lived horse happily and ever episode. after. <laughs> no, it was not a horse and around episode. No, it was not a horse and around episode at all. But, you know, Rebecca realized that she didn't need her mother's approval and then she got by doing so she got it you know and greg pulled his head out of his own ass <laughs> thanks to heather who is another that's another great thing about this episode is that it's it was the first it was another link to bring heather more into the core cast which she eventually became part of oh she was um, so she wasn't she was wasn't sort of like a side character in the beginning she was uh, Rebecca's neighbor, and she was like a sociology student, mm-hmm. and she thought Rebecca was interesting, so she was doing a paper on her and like pretending to be her friend. Oh, I remember but that. But she was such a great character that they eventually just wrote her in and gave her more to do. They they had her dating Greg for a little while, um, which was one way to bring her in, um, but then she just kind of became a character in her own right with like her own interests and her own stories and whatnot. Is she always that way? Deadpan, yes. Oh, she Absolutely. does it so well. She's great. She's really I love good that. Like She's to the like point of borderline being a- Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mildly uncomfortable. Like he, 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 oof, she did a really good job. Yeah. Now and the yeah, mom, on the other hand, I, I that was the worst part. I like I if I could punch the TV and know that she would feel it. Like <laughs> I would have, but that's the ca- that's the character that she was she she played that character perfectly. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to hate that woman, you know. Three minutes into the episode, yeah, it's definitely like an overblown version of like everything we all dislike about our own mothers. Because you know we may we, we I'm sure we all do love our own mothers very much, and yet. There are certainly things that they do that drive us crazy. There are things. <laughs> there are things. 
so I, I i enjoyed it i had a good time with it it was a nice reminder of each one of these characters because everybody had their own little thing to do throughout the episode and Oh. And I have to give a shout out to the ending song because, I mean, it's like the perfect millennial Christmas song <laughs> <laughs> and is also a total bop. Like, I get that thing stuck in my head every Christmas. <laughs> uh, the the California Christmas that was... Yeah. I mean, not everything has to be like snow and, you know, yeah. whatever. The... the, the, <laughs> ch- the the way that the dance number went and then mm-hmm. just I, I could, the only way I could say it is like it sort of just petered out because yeah, everybody that, danced off stage and then she was just by herself. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's just, you know, just kind of how it goes. <laughs> this also is sort of early in the run, so they were still figuring out some things about their staging and their musical numbers. I'm kind of this is when did this start? Uh, I'm gonna say 2015. I don't know if that's actual. Four years, yeah. Yeah, it was four seasons, so that seems about right. It's, I just feel like it's been on or been around for longer than that, but mm. it's only four seasons. It's been in my heart forever. Aw, aw, aw. That's sweet. just like you guys. Aw, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well. Well, thank you guys for watching it. Before thank you for g- suggesting it. Before we all get to uh, to uh, modeling and sappy here, I think we should wrap it up. Uh-huh, like a get Christmas it? Presents, present. wrapping <laughs> it up. You <laughs> see what I did there? I can be corny like you two bozos. And one of you is perfectly welcome to tell me to get out. <laughs> Since I'm not here to do it to myself. <laughs> See, unlike you, I love it. <laughs> He's reveling right now. <laughs> I say pile on more of that. Well, all right. I'll, 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 I'll pile some under the tree for you, dear. Yay. Hey, honey. <coughs> yeah. Lovely. <clears throat> um, I believe this is the point at which I'm supposed to ask you if you have a spiel. I do. <laughs> smooth transition <laughs> uh yeah i got it what's your point <laughs> you can get in touch with us at mailikeekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit you can like us on facebook or at geekade find us on instagram at geekade subscribe to our youtube and twitch channels for all our latest video content and follow us on twitter at the underscore geekade or follow this show specifically at twepcast you can also find us individually on twitter and all over the internets i'm at geekade chris that's geekade k-r-i-s you can find me on twitter and pretty much nowhere else social media wise uh, unless i'm working for stone age gamer but you can find my uh, obsessive nature about video game music on the waveback podcast you can hear me talk about video games on the stone age gamer podcast and you can check out my ridiculous youtube channel waveback overplay where i do silly things to video game music karen what about you where are you i am right here <laughs> i am shoot underscore the underscore moon personally on twitter um and if you would like to check out all the fun cool crafty stuff that i make look for shoot the moon stitches on itsy on etsy instagram twitter facebook if you have it i got it unless i have to be under 25 to know what it is in which case yeah sorry yeah not And what about you, Evan? Uh, Geekade underscore Evan on all of them. I just try to make it easier for myself so I don't have to 
keep typing different logins. So mm-hmm. find them on MySpace. If you're <laughs> yep. interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh original content. Back to you, Karen. That's me. Look at that. Uh, just to close out the show and the year, I just want to say happy holidays to all of our listeners. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, Joyous Kwanzaa, Happy New Year, Happy Solstice, and and Yule, and I'm trying to think if there's any others that I know of, or if I'm leaving them out, it's unintentional, and I apologize, but Merry Everything to Everyone. What was uh, that one you- from Seinfeld? Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. For the rest of us. Um, hope that your holidays are happy, and if they're not, that you have some good TV to watch. Um, <laughs> well done. We, oh, thank you. We are going to, unfortunately, the way the holidays fall this year, we are going to be taking a couple of weeks off from recording to celebrate various holidays with our own families. We will return in January. It will be Christopher's pick. Uh, as previously announced, we will be discussing the Mandalorian. And since we're taking a couple of weeks off from you fine folks, uh, we promise to watch all of the Mandalorian that has been released up to that point. I have to and start that. <laughs> or Evan, Evan will start watching it. <laughs> and, uh, we will return with that episode on January 9th, where we will see you all in twenty. 20- 20. It's the yes. future. The future. The roaring 20s. And I will have seen Rise of Skywalker. And we will have seen and forgotten all about Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. We won't have forgotten it because Chris won't let us. <laughs> <laughs> so all that being said, we wish you all a merry everything. And for all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Karen. I'm Evan. Where's the bathroom? Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.